Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we read stories. I'm Jordan. And I'm Cody. I thought you were going to completely pause and blink out for a whole minute because I did it differently. Sorry to start with hostility, guys. We're going to try that again. Hey, Cody, how are you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm just trying to pour my Diet Coke, man. I'm just trying yeah, to pour. Dude, stop doing that on recording. It's well, like I you don't need the, the can, weird ASMR. But it's warm, so I got you pour over ice. You could have literally been like, hey, give me a second to pour. Cody, how are you freaking doing? You can pour, you can pour, stop, stop. You can pour, talk, stop, stop. Um, how am I doing? I got a combined 20 minutes of sleep last night. I am in yeah, I can tell. <laughs> a weird place mentally. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> you just said a lot of words and I got, I kind of zoned out on it. And then I was pouring my diet coke. <laughs> <laughs> how are you doing, Jordan? I'm doing good, but Cody, what are you, what have you been doing the last like month since we talked? Okay, let's see. What what's what's something? You we're, finished okay. Castlevania? No, I didn't. I didn't finish Castlevania. You had a whole month. Yeah, uh, but then other stuff, man. It really other stuff came up, and then I had to. What came up that was better than Castlevania? Have I Please. talked to you about the Pope's Exorcist? No, you haven't. I thought the Pope's you were Exorcist is so great. But not in a good way, because here's the okay, deal. Okay, that's why I thought you were joking, because I thought it was supposed to be bad. And I'm gonna, like, I want to make sure I phrase this correctly. Because, like, what I find funny about it is that it is very blatantly a thing, but doesn't want to come out and say it. Which is to say, it is it is propaganda for the Catholic Church. Like, it is... Really? Surprise, surprise. Very, very pro-church, right? Which is fine. But the problem is they go real hard on making the exorcist pastors be really cool. Cause like, um, he drives his... a motorcycle and smoking clove cigarettes. It's like, Man, well, that's a cool Pope. He does <laughs> drive, he does drive a scooter and drink whiskey. Um, and he's, uh, but wow, like, that was like the dumbed down version of what I said. Russell Crowe is like a, a bad boy pastor or priest or whatever. Who's like, I don't answer to anyone but the Pope, you know? And everyone's, like, trying to, like, knock him down. And he's like, all I do is speak Italian and Latin and know the Pope. Meanwhile, so then there's, like, a, a possession in Spain. So he goes to Spain and meets a pastor or a priest there. And that priest, because there's, like, a demon who, like, knows your sins, whatever. It's, like, that old thing. And, yeah, like, that priest work, yeah. got to, you know, was having sex with the hottest lady in the town and then she died and he feels awful about it and i'm just like wow they're really making should, should we become priest is that's this what, what i'm saying happening? they <laughs> it's like i get to drive a scooter just drink drinking whiskey and just and yelling at really hot women yeah like, what yeah. We... yeah 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 what it's like anime main character, right? And then the plot of this is that basically um, a demon Wait, so was... so they win through the power of friendship? What? <laughs> yeah, kind of. A demon, oh, no. they have like a whole like battle at the end. But what they find out, like the secret is, is that a demon is trying to possess Russell Crowe because then he, Russell Crowe can transport that demon to the Vatican and possess the Pope because that's what happened... During the Dark Ages, so like the Crusades. So, okay, so 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 they know that the demon's gonna possess the Pope. They just let him do it, and they blow the fucking Pope's head off. Like no, easy, no, no, easy no, peasy be, squeezing. No, but like Russell Crowe like tries to sacrifice himself, but then he manages to like muscle through it. Anyways, oh, but, of course he did. that that is a very anime ending. <laughs> oh yeah, like canonically, what happened in history according to this movie is all of the bad things that the Catholic Church ever did are because for a long time their popes were actually possessed by Satan. <laughs> Wow, this is some hardcore, pro like legitimate it's hardcore very propaganda. Very religionist. That like, is all very that bad propaganda. stuff. That wasn't us. That doesn't. That count. was the devil. <laughs> Don't worry about it. The crusade, all of it. The devil, you say? That was definitely we got possessed. That was not us. That was somebody else. Like oh, the Borgias, the devil. <laughs> It's good. So, so audience, everybody, Cody literally just turned and walked away. I my <laughs> mic was too. I was mic was too spicy. I had to turn it down. Um. So yeah, that was one movie that I watched. As, hot as you are. Also, um, 
I just I love Russell Crowe, you know, and him doing a little Italian accent was so fun. It's just a good time. It's a good time movie. I I will have to watch it. We were supposed to do horror movies for the show, but my dude, we have both been busy, and so it just didn't happen. We'll I'll watch the Pope's Exorcist, and we could we could talk about it next week. I have been driving an insane amount, and then the last thing I want to talk about, real quick, Beverly Hill Cop. I love Beverly. Is it Beverly oh. Hills Cops or Beverly Hills Cop? I don't know. Beverly You're asking me for nuance. I can't provide that Hills for you. Cop. It's Beverly Hills Cop. I love Beverly Hills Cop. I think Eddie Murphy is way underutilized as like a serious actor, like not doing jokes. He's like, have you seen it? Have you have you seen the movie? I'm hurt by your wife flipping me off in the background. What? Stop She's flipping gone. off my friends. Don't do like the anime girl tongue thing either. Whoa, whoa, that's that's not what that was. It was. It was. It, it was, was it was not. I love you. Okay, okay, you can show your love some other time. I can't touch my wife's butt while I'm recording with you. <laughs> no. Oh yeah, hang on. I gotta turn off her mic. Oh my god. Cody got twenty minutes of sleep last night, guys. I'm struggling. Okay, so you've seen Beverly Hills Cop. It's been a very long time. Okay, so what... Okay, this is what I struggle with with the movie. Is my least favorite parts of the movie are the parts where it becomes Eddie Murphy's stand-up special. And, like, it's... It makes sense because, like, his character, when he's acting... Like, when he's with his friends or people that he knows, he's really, like, totally, like... He's playing it very straight. It's not like a big brash character. He's doing like really neutral and very natural acting. And then when he's like trying to trick people or like, cause he's like an undercover guy, then it's like, yeah. he puts on like the comedy character, right? Yeah. He, he's, yeah, he's a dude. Right. And so I, but when he's just like acting, it's really good. And it's, it's very subdued. It's understated, but it just feels entirely believable the whole way through and so like every time there's just like a scene of him acting i'm without like the comedy stuff i'm like he's so good like he's really just like feels very natural and believable and like the story itself is not really a joke like it's not a funny story like his best friend gets murdered right in front of him after he told him that he like went to prison for him 10 years ago because he didn't rat him out when they stole a car together and i'm like it's heartbreaking and he seems heartbroken through the whole movie, you know? Um, but yeah, it's just such a good movie. I, I The comedy is good. I think all of the characters are well done. Um, the Beverly Hills police captain is an actor that I love in everything that he's in. He's like one of those guys that seems horrible but can be a good person. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember his name, but he was in a, he was in an episode of Star Trek where he like takes over the Enterprise when Picard becomes like a Borg or something and everyone hates him immediately, but he's actually doing the right thing. And that's kind of like, he's good at being a hateable guy that actually does the right thing. Yeah. That sounds about right. I should watch this movie again because it's been a very, very long time. Nothing described sounds like something I remember. So I, I well, should definitely watch this movie. When I think about it, like I would lump this in with like lethal weapon or like i think further down the line you'd get something like rush hour or um trying to think of other ones like this you know but like the buddy cop movie is like not an uncommon thing but i'm like i think beverly hills cop is my favorite one and i think the reason is and like i don't i want to like not phrase this poorly so if i do i apologize but like i think a lot of times especially at that well, I think a lot of times, you know, like you think about like Lethal Weapon or Rush Hour, right? Which to me, yeah. like similar buddy cop things. I think the characters are oftentimes very stereotypical, right? Like they're kind of leaning on stereotypes for a lot of those characters. Yeah. I think what I like about Beverly Hills Cop is they do that, but it's always like Eddie Murphy's character using that to get one over on somebody. He'll yeah. put on a character of a stereotype to trick people or mislead them. But when he's just being himself, he is very like down to earth and grounded when he's not putting on the character to be deceitful and trick someone or like make someone think that he's not as smart as he is. Maybe. Why? Yeah. Cause you, you like absolutely said this like 
three minutes ago. <laughs> oh, well, yes. Yeah, yeah, right. But no, I just, I think that it's, uh, yeah, I think out of like all of the buddy cop movies, it's one of my favorites and I do think yeah. it's worth a rewatch. I, I, I will. You know what, Cody? I will. Instead of doing a horror movie, we're doing Eddie Murphy movie. Month. It's just, it's a treat, you know? Because like, we're- I think what, like, and this is like, some of this is, you know, is when I was born and watching movies, you know, but like, I think Eddie Murphy in a movie and it's like donkey from Shrek, you know? Oh, I see. I always go straight to daddy daycare. That's the one I always, my brain. Oh yeah. He was that guy in daddy daycare, which that movie is extremely, he's, I always thought he was extremely charming. And then he got like with really weird movies and kind of racist with, uh, Norbit and fat phobic with Norbit. Norbit is an awful movie that should have never been created. Well, that's the thing. Is like I've seen a lot of Eddie Murphy movies that I'm like, yeah, kind of, yeah, Shrek you know, four shouldn't exist, right? And but then I'm like, I watch Beverly Hills Cop, and I'm like, why is it that I am like fully sold and invested on him as like a tortured detective trying to solve his best friend's murder? Yeah. Because that's who he truly is on the inside. He's been undercover this entire time. Well, and because it's funny, because like I've seen Lethal Weapon, right? And the end of Lethal Weapon is, what's his name? Whatever. It's like a guy beating another guy half to death in a front yard. Will they just scream and cheer at senseless violence? It is completely, it is did Bonkers. I tell you about my last Saturday? Is that what you're mentioning? Oh, wait, sorry. Wasn't Did supposed you to talk about that. crash a car into a sprinkler on a front lawn and then just beat a man? Like, not arrest a man. He's on the ground. I, well, I, can't, I can't arrest a man. I'm not a cop. So, no, I didn't arrest a man. I, I think in Lethal Weapon, you see him, like, take out his cuffs and just throw them around. And then all the other cops circle around and they're just like, yeah, beat him to death. And I'm like, just wow. all my rage. <laughs> this, is, this is nuts. This is really bad. Despite all my rage. That's really, that's really freaking funny. No, it's, a, it's a vulnerable... And nuanced performance in Beverly Hills Cop, one of my favorite movies. Despite all my... Yeah, no, that's great. Um, So, yeah, we're doing Eddie Murphy Movie Month week. Week? Eddie what Murphy wa- Month week. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, as, soon, as soon as that came out, I was like, that was a mistake. Um, we're, we're, I'll watch The Pope's Exorcist, and I'll send you a movie to watch. Um, Honestly, I was thinking about going to like just like an old school classic that I like. Like old horror movie that I like, but I'll I'll send you a horror movie and we can discuss as this month dwindles and there's probably a chance that we won't have an episode next time. Um. Anyways, Cody. Uh, oh wait, no, I was about to go to the show. I get to talk. It's my turn to talk. <laughs> Suck it. Um. First, not going to talk about Castlevania Nocturne yet because Cody hasn't watched it. I'll please watch it. It's very. Good. I'm going to. It it's- is very good so far. It is so good. Um, but yeah, I went to Comic-Con last weekend, and by the time this comes out, the people who went with me on this trip are going to be like, wow, it's weird that you're talking about this a month later. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I went to Comic-Con um, last weekend. It was it was fun. Um, the largest Comic-Con I've ever been to, New York Comic-Con. Um, and it, it was, so the Friday was sold out, Saturday was sold out, but... I will say it was awesome. It's like to actually go to like one of the big ones. Like they had like the exhibits or like like there was like full set like giant like balloons of like certain characters flying in the air. Yeah, there I was get like, it. Size matters. Yeah, size does matter. Um. Anyways, thank you for derailing me immediately. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> there, there was a lot of cool things like take pictures of. There was a lot of um, just like cool vendors, cool shops. Like I, I got some cool merch there. Um, the my. We also we saw um, John Carpenter do a panel, which was really cool. What? Yeah. And you didn't invite me. I mean, I have mentioned Comic Con pretty much all year. No, no, you didn't tell me you were gonna go and see John Carpenter, one of my favorite directors. Yeah, no. you didn't oh, yeah. tell me that. Oh yeah, and I finally watched the thing all the way through, so that was fun. You went and saw. A panel with one of my favorite directors having not seen the thing oh, I, all the I, way through. I had seen it by the time I saw him, so it's fine. I'm full of rage. What other I mean, John Carpenter I watched movies they have you seen? Is it this all year of too. them? 
Yeah. <laughs> no, but he, it was very funny because he's like like kind of grumpy at this point of kind of like done doing like these press like panel things. And so the why, interviewer hmm? Why did he do it at all? Because it was so it was Friday the thirteenth. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so Fair. It's like, oh, but anyway, you know, so this, the interview. This, this is the one. This is the. Oh yeah, he clearly didn't like the interviewer, and it kind of like annoyed me because the interviewer was clearly <laughs> unprepared. And like one of the questions, he's like, "Oh yeah, it's like how was it like working with such and such?" It's like, and Rob Carpenter's like, "Who?" And he's like, "Yeah, you know such and such." It's like, "No, I don't know who that person." Is. And it turns out the dude just like was saying the wrong person, complete wrong person, just like completely unprepared, and like. So there was a couple questions back and forth, and then they just did um, audience questions the whole time. I'm like, dude, we – and this is not the first Comic-Con I've gone to where I see it in a panel where it's just like, we don't know what we're doing. Audience handle it. And it's just like that kind of sucks, and they need to like come a little bit more prepared to have like a thing and then audience questions. Can I say something mean? This is, yeah, this is, this is personal taste. Not saying this is a fact. It's just me. I do not think it is ever the right choice to have audience questions. I think it can be fine, but if that's the whole thing, then it's kind of like you lose me. Because I think maybe you get two. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you know what? Sure. (laughs) I think a small amount is fine. But like a lot of people do the thing that annoys me where they will either um, come up with just a completely benign question that's like there's only like a yes or no answer, or they'll come up and they'll have like this long prelude where they basically tell the person that they're like asking the question to why that person or that person's stuff is important it's like oh yeah you know this movie was a big blah 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 blah, and it did this in in the box office but like this later blah blah blah. and then it's like yeah he knows that he made the movie (laughs) yeah that's why i don't like audience questions and then the other always feel awkward to me yeah 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 it's just it's just kind of frustrating but like yeah he was grumpy there was a couple questions that were like really good questions and like his answers were really cool but there was like a lot of annoying (laughs) ones but like it was funny because like someone asked him what video games he has been playing recently and he lit up he was just like so happy that someone asked him about the video games he plays he's like oh oh and (laughs) this and this it's like oh and he's also started the assassin's creed games like he just seems so excited like it was so like it was like adorable i was like that's that's really cool but um and my, um, I guess, movie God, the only real complaint I had is just, like, it was a little crowded. And, like, there's the area, like, Artist Alley at the cons where, like, all the artists. And especially at the, like, yeah. the bigger sponsored comic cons, you have, like, a lot of the, like, actual comic artists, the ones who work on all the comic books there. Like, Dan Slott, the Spider-Man artist, was there. Um, the one that I talked about earlier this year, Peach Momoko, was there. And... But it was so crowded, you couldn't really get close to like really any of the tables except for the ones on the outskirts, and that kind of sucked. Uh, and yeah. like so, like wasn't even able to like buy any of the merch at Peach Bellico's table. Like I saw Dan Slot from afar and kind of like just like that's the guy. Okay, bye. Um, and then also one of the guys I really wanted to see, the guy who wrote the comic "Something Is Killing the Children," the one that like really inspired a couple of things I wrote for this show. He just wasn't there that time. Like he left early. And that's that really sucked. And it's just like, might have been a personal reason, whatever it may have been. It just kind of sucked to like be really excited to go see this guy, like get the um, exclusive cover and like tell him how influential his stuff was for me and like writing and all of this and my creativity. And just he's just not there. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, it was just it was a lot of fun. I had fun. So I went to the show with. Um, my co-host Will from We Belong. So, you know, if if you didn't probably didn't listen to the episode, but he's been on the show one once before when you weren't here. <laughs> but yeah, I'm so I remember if I did listen to that episode. I can't remember now. But yeah. anyways, close cl- close close friend of mine. We went. It was a good to see him for the first time since COVID. Um, so that was nice. And then the next day, like we hung out with another friend that I hadn't seen for a while. So it was just a lot of fun. I got to have a vacation. I got to do stuff. I like. I got to get merch. Most of it were um, graphic novels and manga, but it was yeah, it was well, just a lot of fun. And I would say like at some point to me with like going to stuff like that, it's like the thing can suck. But if you're like going with people you like and just kind of like hanging around and having a good time, it's like whatever, you know. 
like at some point the fun of it is just going to it even yeah. if the stuff that you specifically go and see isn't all that great sometimes you know yeah, and that's why like it was the experience in artist alley wasn't ruined because it's like i got to hang out with my friend and we got to like yeah i mean have a good time take pictures of cool cosplays did i send you the one with me and the um, giant lady from resident evil yeah 8? yeah, yeah. You did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like actual height cosplay of resident evil lady it was that was yeah. fantastic was she on stilts? Yes, yes, absolutely on stilts. But I, I am mean, she also like based she on, was on like, stilts. Yeah, but based on like how like proportions, like she was also pretty freaking tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, like, like even without the stilts. <laughs> but she was like moving around. Yeah, she was like walking. I'm around impressed. Herself. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. There was actually a couple cosplays I saw on stilts. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Um, someone was Ryuk from. I'm Death actually surprised Note. they. I'm surprised they allow that, actually. Yeah. Maybe space. I mean, it doesn't matter. Maybe space. But, like, we got in without them checking our bags. We both had big backpacks, and they just kept waving us in. I'm like, are you sure you don't? Okay. <laughs> Not going to complain. I guess if complain. you're, like, clearly about to let them, they probably are like, yeah, go ahead. And if you're like, no, don't look in my murder bag. Yeah, yeah. If I, like, if I, like, tried to, like, push past you. But, yeah, I, like, yeah. like was starting to open my bag. They're like, just go, just go, just go. I'm like, okay. Not going to complain. Not gonna complain at all, but I mean, yeah, it was it was cool, cool cosplays. A lot of the because it was so crowded, I didn't get a lot of pictures with certain cosplays because like we were always in an aisle way when I was like yeah. passing someone. Though I did get a good picture of a cosplay with um someone was doing cosplay of Renala from Elden Ring, and it was like very oh. accurate. I'll have to send that to you. It was, it was like very accurate, so it was really cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I had a good time. Vacation can be fun. I don't take off a lot of them, and I'm trying to figure out how our vacation days work for the end of the year so I don't end up losing a potential three days. Um, yeah, anyways, Cody, that was great. So, you want to get into the stories? Sure. I feel uh, like that was short. No. It's like we're at 23 minutes. You are losing time because you're so tired. <laughs> <laughs> that seems entirely possible. Um, I yes. will say my story's short this time. Oh, mine is seven pages. So mine this week's story. <laughs> oh, okay, that's that's pretty good. I mean, that's a good balance between the two. But this week was um, characters before or after a funeral. I thought you were gonna be like, shoot, I did the wrong thing, and I'm like, no. no, I did the right thing. So I rolled, and I rolled a sixteen. My I rolled in a, a five. Oh, I thought you were gonna be <laughs> eighteen. I'm like, no. <laughs> Nope. Fine. I actually kind of want to go first on this one. Um. So, prelude for my story. I give me a second. I'm a sad boy, so a lot of the prompts that I added to the list are sad boy prompts. And I first apologize. Second, I decided not to get as like devastating with this topic. So I had, so one, I realized I did have a story that I already wrote a while ago that fits this um, specific prompt because it is very technically after a funeral, but like only is at the funeral for like a second of the story. They're like, oh yeah, these characters are here. And then the rest of the story <laughs> happens. So I'm like, I don't want to cheat and do that. And then I had another story that was, um, before and after a funeral, and I'm like, that's way too devastatingly sad. I shouldn't do on the show. So I took um, some ideas from different stories I had and put it into one, and I actually really liked how this one turned out. So it's sad, but I did a couple fun things that I'm really proud of. So anyways, here is my story called Life, Death, and Some Mild Time Travel. It's called Life, Death, and Some Mild Time Travel? Yeah. My first note is you should workshop the title. <laughs> I know. Cool. I also think I should work that, but I enjoyed it. I just like I just want to do this. Um, and some mild time travel. It's just imagine me shrugging the whole time while I'm saying that. Just like, eh. anyways. <clears throat> hey, how are you holding up? Simon's voice snapped me out of whatever trance I had been in, violently throwing me back into reality. The quiet cemetery somehow sent me into a sensory overload. I was so dizzy from everything that, ha that happened up until now that I almost fell over. After a few seconds, I planted my feet and looked back down at the rectangular hole in the ground that was now the home of a large black box. I stroked the small sword-shaped pendant that was in my hand and turned to look at my friend who was gently stroking my shoulder. My face was wet with tears that I didn't remember crying, and I felt like my throat was lined with sandpaper. 
I'm as okay as possible given, you know, the whole situation. I said, my voice thin and hoarse, still trying to wrap my head around all of this. Yeah, I can understand that. Look, Trina, it was never our intention to... Don't. I don't need that right now, okay? None of this makes sense, and the fact you all kept this from me for so long really doesn't help me feel any better. That's fair, Simon said, looking off into the distance. After looking into his eyes, I wanted to cut him some slack. His unnaturally purple irises seemed to glow despite his eyes being bloodshot from all the crying. It's not your fault, I think. I want to say I understand, but I don't. And maybe I will, but right now, bombarding me with more information is just going to make me explode. What happened? None of you have been able to explain that to me. That man, no, that creature, that shining rock. Lux grabbed it and they both disappeared in the blink of an eye. No, actually, actually, I think I, I think I grabbed the rock or I grabbed him or he pushed me out of the way. I can't possibly tell you what all that was. It was an esper, he said quietly, biting his tongue, realizing he was overstepping by correcting me. An esper? You all keep using that word esper, and that means nothing to me. You knew about all of this for so long, and I am just now starting to process what, like, 10 years of information in three days? At this point, I couldn't even cry. I was so confused and upset. It was like a giant weight pushing down on my shoulders. I was in the dark for so long. Is he really gone? I asked Simon. I, I don't want to believe it either. No, no, that's not what I meant. I pressed my thumb harder into the sword pendant and looked back at the open hole in the ground. The only thing keeping me centered in the moment was that tiny pendant my late boyfriend Lux used to wear around his neck. Simon, we are crying over an empty grave. He's not in there. No one is in there. There wasn't a trace of him left after that flash. So is he really gone? Behind me, Simon stayed quiet. I felt him move his hand from my shoulder and let out a deep breath. I closed my eyes and let the world around me disappear. I didn't need to hear the answer. No matter what it was, it was a f finality that I wasn't ready for. Behind my closed eyes, I could feel Lux there. I could see his face. I almost laughed seeing that weird smile he constantly wore. I thought about the way his curly hair would bounce when he walked and the way he would laugh at the slightest joke. I used to think he was trying to flatter me, but no, he was just that type of guy. Someone who always found the joy in the smallest things. I hated the fact that he would show up late to important events. Hell, he even showed up late the first time he was supposed to meet my parents. It was either show up late or he would disappear without a notice. Now, I know why that was. Despite that shortcoming, I loved him with my everything, and I knew he loved me. My heart sank deep in my chest knowing I would never feel his warm embrace or hear his sweet voice ever again. I wanted to jump down in that hole and let them bury me with the empty casket. I could die right there and never accept the fact that Lux was truly gone. Hey, Treen, it's okay if you can't eat right now. We can pick this up and take it back to your place. I can stay with you tonight even if you only want to sleep the day away. It's no big. I am here for you in whatever capacity you need, Vale said quietly. What? I snapped my eyes open and was sitting across from Lux and my childhood friend, Veolina. Her thick black hair was tied tightly into a bun behind her head rather than falling over her face as usual. Her, usual, her usually bubbly smile was gone, replaced by a light but worried expression. The past week since Lux's death had been hard. I felt like I was jumping in and out of days. I tried to gather myself and remember where we were and how we got there. When I closed my eyes, we were in the cemetery after the funeral, but now I was at the restaurant we picked for repasts? It was slowly coming back to me. Simon led me back to the limo and, no, never mind, it was all blur. The restaurant itself was a small hole in the wall. Definitely not the type of food you would grab after burying the love of your life, though it was Lux's favorite place. I think we spent more time at that shitty pub than actually at our apartment together. The food was subpar and the atmosphere was like a location out of an old mob movie. Still, he loved it. So many laughs and even peaceful moments we sh were shared there. I looked down at my plate. The burger and fries were barely touched and now getting cold.
Somehow the food was better cold, so I didn't completely mind. Vale continued to look at me with that same worried expression. She brushed her hand across mine and looked me in the eyes. Where do you go, Justin, love? I don't know. This is all so much. I keep closing my eyes and hoping when I open them, he will be standing there with Simon and they will tell me how they were so sorry this prank went too far. None of this feels real, I said back. I felt the steer starting to pull up again. Vale let out a deep breath. I knew she was trying to look for the perfect words to say. No matter what, I knew she wouldn't be able to pick comforting words. I know. It feels like a cruel joke. He was the strongest out of any of us, and yet he's gone. Just like that, Vale said, looking down. Her bright eyes began to glisten, and she looked like she was going to start crying. Something bothered me about what she said, though. I bit my lip before speaking to prevent myself from lashing out. Unfortunately, the flood of words was too strong. A cruel joke? I don't think you understand how deep that goes. Everything you guys have been telling me for the last few days sounds made up. It sounds fake. I was here living my normal quiet life with my weird but loving boyfriend, and behind the scenes, things I can't even begin to explain were happening. I cried out. The dam broke on the pool of tears, and they ran down my face and onto my plate. Vale started to cry, too, and moved her hand from mine to wipe her face. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Trina, she said, barely above a whisper. How long? Tell me how long you knew about all of this. I... I don't know, she struggled to say. Don't lie to me. There's no reason to lie to me anymore, I said. It was a mix of grief and anger, neither of which I could control. I grasped Lux's pendant that was now around my neck and tried to calm down before I was screaming at my friend in the middle of the pub. Around high school, when we truly started developing our powers, they were always there. They were always there, but they were actually functional in high school, she said cautiously. High school, I tried not to yell. Vale, we graduated high school 12 years ago. Have you really been lying to me for that long? Vale took another deep breath and tried to hold strong. We never wanted to lie to you. We were told keeping our powers and the espers and everything we did secret would keep you safe. All he ever wanted was to keep you safe. That's why he died. He was protecting you. I closed my eyes and leaned my head back. It all made sense. The sneaking around, the lying, the bruises and cuts he kept trying to hide. I remember so many times I came to him teary-eyed, asking him if he was doing something illegal or cheating on me. He told me to trust him, and I did. I, could, I couldn't tell if I was stupid or if it was true love. Part of me wanted to imagine the world where I left and didn't look back when he stood me up at prom. It would have saved me so much pain though I would have missed out on everything that happened since. I wish I could firmly say if I could go back, I wouldn't change a thing. What was firm for me was how much I loved and missed Lux. His pendant felt good in my hand. It was the one last connection I had to him. She needs to grow up and learn there is more to this world than her, an old gruff voice that I didn't quite recognize snapped. Seriously, what the fuck? My eyes flickered open, and I was standing near the entrance of Simon's apartment with my coat in my hand. I think I was getting ready to leave. Simon was standing in front of me with his arms spread out as if he was trying to protect me from the old man who stood in front of us. I recognized the old man from pictures as Lux's grandpa and the man that Simon and Vale pointed out during the funeral as their master. He was such a big part of Lux's life, but I had never interacted with him before. You need to back off. She is mourning her loss like the rest of us. It's not selfish to mourn the loss of the one you loved, Simon said angrily. I thought for a second I saw the backs of his hands glow purple. Lux died for the greater good. He put his life on the line day after day. With the destruction of Slain and the Stone of Elmer, the world is safe for once. She has no right to cry over things that have nothing to do with her, the old master said. His voice was cold as ice. It shook me to my core. After coming to and being bombarded with the thought that my morn that morning my boyfriend was wrong, all I wanted to do was turn and run. He was my everything. If only I knew what was going on, I could have prepared myself, I yelled instinctively. And then what? Take our secrets to our enemies so you could gain whatever wishes they would have granted you, he said gruffly. 
There was always a risk with telling the secrets of our order. I couldn't risk the world for some girl. She's not like that. I've told you this again and again, Simon yelled. It was good to know he was on my side, but it was still bullshit sitting here and having to take this abuse. She can't be trusted even now. There are still those who follow Slain. They can turn her. She is no different than Maria. I loved her too. Then she became a lieutenant for Slain nonetheless. I'm surprised knowing that you and Vale still faltered by telling her. I am disappointed in the two of you, the old master scoffed. Hearing the old man's words, I tightened my grip around the sword pendant that was no longer around my neck. Now I held it firmly in my hand. My anger boiled over even though I had only just come to. I never got to say goodbye. I never got closure. He's gone and I don't even know why. One day things were perfect and we were talking about marriage and now some old geezer is yelling misogynistic shit in my face about how women can't be trusted. This is insane. You are insane, I yelled. Lux was weak for continuing a relationship with you behind my back. His death could have been avoided if not for you, the old master shouted. With that, I lost my fucking mind. In one motion, I pushed past Simon and slapped the shit out of the old man. I couldn't believe it myself, but the stinging in my hand told me it actually happened. You know what? Fuck you. Fuck this. Fuck whatever weird order you have and everything in it. Lux was my everything. I would have never betrayed him. Trina! Simon yelled out. I'm sorry, Simon. I don't know what's happening. I know you were probably trying to make things right and give me closure. I... I can't be here right now. With that, I turned heel and ran out the door. The light from outside hit my eyes and suddenly I was sitting on a bench in the park. It was another one of Lux's favorite spots. The jumps were happening faster. I didn't know how to react. Was this residual magic from the day Lux died, or was I truly losing my mind? We were here about a week ago, eating ice cream and talking about our future. I joked that I would probably die of old age before Lux proposed, and he laughed. He said he was waiting for things to be perfect, and to wait, and then everything I dreamed of would come true. Instead, I was faced with my worst nightmares. Lux was gone and I was alone. My best friends had been fighting evil like they were fucking sailor scouts and keeping it from me. Lux's only blood relative hated me and his step-parents were in the dark as well and couldn't provide comfort. I was lost. I felt like everything was a lie. I didn't want to question if his feelings for me were real, but it was hard not to at this point after what I witnessed with his grandfather. Trina! I heard Vale call out from behind me. I heard what happened with Master Free. I came to find you. Vale! I cried out. I'm sorry, I just don't know what I'm... I said as I turned to address Vale, but stopped myself when I realized I was no longer in the park. Somehow, I was in what I thought was my apartment. All the lights were off and, some and the sun seemed to have already set, so it was hard to tell what was around me. Vale was nowhere to be found. My grip loosened, and I almost let go of Lux's pendant. Instead, I tightened my fist around it. I was alone. The only thing I had left was that pendant. I sat there on the ground, and my tears continued to fall. What's happening to me? I called out shakily. Everything felt like it was falling apart around me. I felt a warm light behind me, and I turned towards it. Lux! I screamed. It was unbelievable. In front of me stood my late boyfriend. His dark skin was bathed in golden light. He almost looked transparent. I shot up and ran to hug him, but my body fell through his form almost like it was a hologram. I'm so sorry, Trina. I don't have the energy to maintain a physical form, he said quietly. I was confused but happy to hear his voice. I thought I would never get to see him again. Though, I couldn't touch him. This would suffice. I don't even know what the fuck that means. Are you here or what? What is all of this? I said, drying my tears with my hand. I'm kind of here, I think. So you are gone. This is just temporary, I said quietly, looking at the ground. Yeah, unfortunately. It's a little lot to explain. Right now, I'm trapped in a sea of time. I won't be able to leave unless there is some sort of miracle. All I can do for now is project myself to you as the last-ditch effort to give you the closure you deserve. He said. He reached out to touch my shoulder, but his hand passed through me. He gave an annoyed look and then shrugged. I'm glad to see you. Honestly, I am. 
I just need to know what happened. I asked. Oh, girl, it's a lot, he said with a frustrated smile on his face. Well, try to explain. Not how you would explain your college projects to me. Explain like you actually want me to understand, I said with a laugh. I knew it wasn't for long, but it felt good to have him back. It was natural to be with him in our apartment again. Okay, so, Slade, evil bad dude who wanted to control the world, got a hold of an ancient stone of Elmer that controlled time itself. I felt a shift in the energy, so I went out to face him. He said he was going to go through time and shift the balance to his liking. Unfortunately, he said he was going to take away the one thing I loved first, Lux began. Oh, so even the evil Time Lord man knows how important I am to you, yet somehow your grandpa is still in denial, I scoffed. Yeah, Gramps can kind of be a dick, Lux said, shaking his head. Trust me, I know, I said back with an eye roll. Anyways, Slane and I fought. In a last-ditch effort, I used the, the Esper power of recall to get a hold of the stone, Negally charged it till it was pop and waited till he would use it. He calls an espiastic singularity and unfortunately trapped both of us in a loop of broken time and we, Lux said, trying to dumb it down as much as possible. Instead, I burst out laughing. Okay, never mind, you big nerd. I said, cutting him off. You have little energy left or whatever. You shouldn't waste it saying stuff that makes zero sense to me. Timestone, big flash. I assume Slane is gone for good and you're trapped, right? I tried. I really tried to make that make sense. There, there were almost no real details, he said. I mean, the important part is that I trapped Slane in a dead loop, which cost most of what I had left. The rest of it I used to get to you. I don't know how much I will have left and if I will ever regain it all, so I came here to say... Save you and say goodbye, he said, taking a deep breath. Save me? So that means whatever is happening to me is serious, I said, shocked. <clears throat> yeah, unfortunately, it's an easy fix. You have to let go. I can't let go of you, I shouted. What? No, of course not. I didn't mean it figuratively. I meant it literally. You need to let go of that pendant. It's infected with the power of the stone. If you keep holding on to it, you will keep jumping through time until you end up in a loop with me, he said. Doesn't that fix everything? I can make it to you and we could be together again, I said, grasping onto what little hope I had left. It doesn't work like that. You don't have the power of the Esper. If you came here, you would die. I couldn't risk that. Ever. I would rather die than live however long without you. You have your whole life ahead of you, he shouted back. I love you, so don't say dumb shit like that. I was only a moment. Regardless of how much time we had together, I was a moment. I'm gone for now. Maybe one day I will come back. You can't go throwing your life away because I'm not in it. You need to live, Trina. I know that, and it sucks. It sucks thinking I have to carry on alone. The only thing that I have left of you is this stupid pendant, and it's killing me. I took the sword pendant and threw it away as hard as I could. It bounced and disappeared somewhere amongst the junk in our apartment. There, it's gone. I'll live. Either way, Lux, I'll miss you every day. That I know is true. I know, Trina. Fortunately for me, it won't feel like that long. And I promise you, if there's a way, I will come back to you. We can't count on it, though. So, in the meantime, you have to live without me, he said. I could tell he was trying to stay strong, but his eyes were tearing up. That's going to suck more than your baking. I'll try, though. Understand I love you, Lux. I'll always love you. And I'll always love you, Trina, he said as a tear rolled down his face. Don't waste your energy. Save it up so you can come back. Also, maybe leave a note to your grandpa so I don't have to physically fight him, I said jokingly, breaking the tension between us. Yeah, I'll haunt him next. That'll be fun. Dude's a dick. Don't worry about him. Simon and Vale will take care of you. They promised me if anything like this happened, they would fight the sun if they had to, he said with a smile. I know. They are already doing more than enough. Those assholes are good friends. I'm glad we kept them around. One thing before I go. I wish I could give you a hug or a kiss, but this will have to suffice for now. In my underwear drawer, the one place you would never look is a gift for you. You can have that now. It'll help make the weight go faster, Lux said.
Ooh, is it one of those fidget toys? I joked. God, no. Just go and get it when I leave, Lux said, rolling his eyes. Fine, I'll miss you. I'll miss you too. I promise you, I'll be back when I can. With that, he was gone. He simply flashed out of existence like he did before. It was one last moment, but it was closure. I felt better, though with the settling of the room, I was still alone. I didn't feel the emptiness I had the last few days, and I didn't feel the uneasiness I felt holding the pendant. It was a relief. Then I felt dread thinking of the next conversation I would have to have with Simon and Vale. Instead of worrying about that, I wasted no time and made it over to Lux in my room. I dug through his absolutely chaotic underwear drawer and found a small box. My heart sank. I wanted this moment to be a happy one. Knowing I wouldn't be able to share this with Lux or our friends hurt. He was gone with the possibility of coming back. Yet, he was still gone. I opened the box and found something I've been waiting for. It was a small, gaudy engagement ring, and it was perfect. I fell to the ground and let the tears come again. It felt like all I had been doing for over a week was cry. This wouldn't stop now. Maybe one day the tears would dry. I knew I would be okay eventually. All of the good times we had together weighed more than the sadness I felt losing him. I put the engagement ring on my finger and tried to force a smile through tears. Come back as soon as you can, Lux. And that's my story. I realized that was long. <laughs> uh, yeah, I well, so it's sort of funny because I would say, like, my critique is I wish it was a longer story. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I could have no, easily, I mean, but I'm I, like, eh. <laughs> yeah, like, I think there's, like, an interesting story there of, like, the, like, hopping around through time and all that stuff, you know? Yeah, I had more, but I'm like, I need this not to be 20 pages. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I, I understand where it's like we have a page limit, but I was just like, oh, man, like, I kind of wanted more in the middle, you yeah. know? But, like, it, it did what it needed to do, so it's fine. Like, the point was kind of, like, the, like, conversation there. Um, so, you know, it's a different thing. But, yeah, I, I liked it, though. I thought it was Thank good. You. I, I put some thought into this one. I mean, I put thought into all my stories, obviously, but I put some thought into this one because I'm like, I don't want this just to be devastating. It's like, I think I can do more with like a funeral story than just like, oh yeah, sad people at a funeral. It's like, oh, there's like this like backing story of this like whole thing. I also like, the idea came from like watching a lot of anime and comics. It's like, yeah, what about like the girlfriend or love interest of the person who doesn't know these, like they're hiding these things from them and then they yeah. do die. Like what happens then? And it's like, how does the character deal with? And that's kind of what I wanted to focus on. And I had a lot there, of fun writing. There it. is a similarity of like vagueness in our story that like Good. not everything is explained. Yeah. I think mine is far more vague, which you will see. I'm trying um, to lead on that more because like, I know for stories like this, it's better to not go into every detail like I always well, do and to leave it yeah. more open for like, it's like, okay, like we can kind of just like say these things and we don't have to go super into it. I still did like an exposition dump at the end, but you know, whatever. Yeah. The, uh, it's one of those things where you, how should we have, efficient with your page count? It's one of those um, things where you have to be efficient with your page count is what Cody just said. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. Um, all right. So I, I don't know. I feel a little odd about my story, but we'll see. Um, I don't think it's my best. I'll but, judge you, you know. harshly. Let me uh, put on some jock jams. Chill. Pump, 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 chill. pump the jams. Pump it up. No. Okay. That's just me. Okay. I'll see myself out. Sorry, I was putting no, in no, I'm just cozy messing with coffee you shop. You. Ooh, that's good. I like that a lot. All right. Here we go. Also, I'm going to, again, give the disclaimer. I'm very tired. Yeah. So, yeah, he is. <laughs> a funeral story, you know. It's not what it's called, but just this is a funeral story. I mean, mine was also that was called, but it's what I settled on, so screw Oh, um, just like a thing. I don't smoke. You shouldn't smoke. Um. <laughs> Okay. My lighter sparks and flames dance in front of my eyes. I pull in on my cigarette and watch the tip glow ember red. It isn't doing shit to keep me warm in the swirling snowy winter night, but at least my fingertips won't freeze. I love smoking. That is really not the addiction speaking. It just gives me a reason to be out here. 
Sid used to smoke out here with me. Her great uncle, the old man as everyone seemed to call him, would chew me out every time he caught his niece smoking out here with the likes of me. She would just laugh and kiss him on the cheek, and he would melt and grumble and put me back to work. I bounce and shuffle a respectable distance from the church. People dressed in black pouring in, all of them hunched with sincere emotion, all of them really meaning it. I'm certain not a single one of them is having to put on their grief as an act. They don't have to, but me? Shit, I don't know. I'm not glad he's dead exactly, but can we maybe just all stop pretending that he wasn't a piece of shit? Sure, he wasn't terrible to them, but to me? No. The old man pushed me out the door years ago. He was good to everyone else, but me? No. I'm right out here where I belong, in the snow, out of place. The shit of it is, I want to be there. I thought I was part of the family. I thought, but I learned not to trust that years ago. So what, do I go in and pretend? Pretend like there's not almost half a decade of bad blood? Oh, I know that deep down for me, in my heart, the sorrow will be nothing more than an act. And those people don't deserve that. Pain flashes through my fingertips as the cherry of the cigarette burns down past the filter. I hiss and drop the button into the snow. And now, I am out of reasons to stay out here. I'm out of reasons to not go in and face the people who almost certainly cursed me behind my back for years. I'm out of reasons to not cringe and steer my way through all the niceties and then get out of there as fast as I can. But I still hesitate. Sid's in there. The beautiful girl that used to steal my cigarettes and tell me about college classes. I would bring her books and try to ignore the disapproval of the old man. I'm sure I was nothing more to Sid than someone to pass the time with. Some odd guy she knew would drive the old man crazy. Still, it never sat right with me. But it would have been pretentious, or sorry, it would have been presumptuous for me to assume that I could call her and say what? That I'm sorry that I abandoned her and her family? Walking into the small church, my gut feels like ice. There's no reason I have to be here. I could just go. But then I see her standing in the front. Sid. She looks paler than I remember and crushed by the years that have passed. She looks like the snow in the dead of night, her skin stark against the plain black dress. When I knew her, she always wore bright colors, but now her eyes were puffy and red from crying and her face seemed lost in anxiety. The death of her uncle can only be bad news for her family. She's not just in mourning for the death of the man that she loved, but... Oh, for the death of the man that she loved every day of her life, but also for the death of the security that he brought with him. I wanted to comfort her. I wanted to stand by her side. But that wasn't my place anymore. I'd lost that. Everyone was funneling up to the front. It was going to make me stick out like a sore thumb if I stepped out of line and just sat in the back. I was going to have to walk up and say sorry for your loss while trying to not make eye contact. I could imagine the plan. Just say nice things and walk on. This was a public funeral. There were plenty of vague acquaintances just saying nice things. What was one more? But when I got to Sid, uh, she probably wouldn't remember me. What the hell do you think you're doing here, Nikki? Steve was a massive man, strong and steady. He was the most level-headed person I used to work with, but he cared about his family, which meant he hated me. He was blocking my path and looking very out of character in an all-black suit. Steve. Hey, man. Long time. He laid a massive hand on my shoulder, really more like a paw than a hand. I could see the pain on his face. The old man had technically been his uncle, but they might as well have been brothers. The old man would rant and rage, but Steve was the one that could calm him down. I felt my heart break a little as I realized how much of the hurt on his face might have to do with me and not with the death of the old man. You shouldn't be here. You know half the people in this room think you deserve worse than you got for what you did. I'm not saying I agree with them. Lord knows I miss you, but this ain't the time for you to try to reconcile. At least respect his memory and give the people who love the old man time to mourn before you try before you try to get back in. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I felt anger raise up and I pushed his hand off me. I'm not here to win back favor. That's not it's not it. I know the old man hated me to the end. I got no delusions of coming back, but it seemed right to be here. I'll just sit in the back and not cause any trouble, okay? No. Nicholas, it's not right for you to be here. You should have stayed away like you've done for years. His face twisted. I wasn't sure if it was with rage or sadness. You sure did pick an odd time to start caring again. I looked back at the door. No one else had seen me. I could just leave. I didn't stop caring, I mumbled as I half-turned to leave the church. What was that? 
Steve's voice raised slightly above a polite whisper. I turned. I said I didn't stop caring, and I'm not happy about what happened. No, no. You got what you needed from the old man, and then you were on your way. There it is, isn't it? You know, why don't you cut the niceties? If you're not going to let me walk in here in peace and try to show what respect I have left, fine. Have it out then. Tell me what all of you have decided I am. You stole from us, weakened our position here, and put the whole family at risk. We took you in, and you as good as robbed us while our guard was down. What you did was nothing but was nothing but being a jealous leech. A leech? You know what the old man said to me when he showed me the door? Nikki, you already are on a long leash. You're a good boy, but you're getting too big for your britches. He said I might be clever... But I'm not smart like the rest of you. Better I know my place and be grateful for what the lot of you had given me. I tried to grow with I tried to grow with y'all, but the old man wouldn't allow it. You weren't family. Well you made damn sure of that, Steve. And and I still miss him. But I outgrew him. And now I can't even mourn the man that raised me. He hated you. You left him brokenhearted. Yeah, well, he loved his pride more than he loved me, which isn't something the rest of you have to deal with. I could see on his face that he knew I was right. She hates you, you know. I looked back. That crushed, pale-faced woman standing up there all alone in black. I hated that he was right. I might not have been able to come back to the old man, but I could have talked to her before now. Three years and you ain't said shit to her. There was nothing official between us. She liked to flirt, and I was someone interesting. That big hand came back onto my shoulder. I won't have you speak about her like that. Maybe there's two sides with you and the old man, but with Sid? You were her friend, and she... I don't know. She actually missed you. Whatever else you might have been, don't act like you didn't care because you weren't dating. Sid cared. Well... Maybe that's why I'm back then. I might hate the old man for pushing me out, but I hate myself for leaving her. But, you know what? You sound just like him, Steve, and maybe you can fill those shoes. I already told you I'm not here to try to get back in. I'm here because in spite of everything that happened, I still care about all of you. And really, her most of all. If you're not going to drag me out of here, fine, but then fuck off. Three years of being away doesn't undo 20 years that I loved all of you. He might not have ever thought of me as family, but... All of you are the only family that I have. I could feel the eyes of everyone on me as I walked to the front of the church. Hey, Sid, I know there's a lot to say, but I'm sorry. I don't want to be an ass showing up. Or I don't want to be an ass showing my face. I don't know what I can say that can help, but if you need anything, I'm around. Her face was blank and distant as she looked through me. I couldn't tell if it was that she was too undone by grief or if it was seeing me again after all these years. But the longer I stood the more I could feel everyone's eyes on me, except hers. And I knew I had been wrong. I shouldn't have come. I betrayed everyone in this room, and now here I was acting like nothing happened. It didn't matter that the old man had suffocated me. It didn't matter if I was truly sorry for what happened. It didn't matter if I had just been scared to talk to Sid after all these years. I was a leech and a coward, and Sid wrapped her slender, cold arms and pulled me in close, slowly and gently. Awkwardly, and still very aware of everyone still watching us, I wrapped my arms around her as well. You better mean that, she whispered in my ear. The embrace was short, and afterwards I took my seat and listened to the service for the man that I used to love. As the preacher droned on, I went through the motions, standing and sitting and praying and feeling like an alien. But then the preacher started waxing on about this great and genial man, this pillar of the community. A man that would give the shirt off his back. A man that was loved by all. It was truly a loss. He was a saint. A great person. Bullshit. I chuckled to myself. My memory was different. A thick-necked beast of a man who could bully a room full of rivals. A man who drank at his desk and shouted and swore on the phone. I remembered a man that taught me hard lessons with anger and sometimes violence. I remember a man that loved his grandchildren but was forever disappointed in his own children. I remembered a man that wouldn't suffer competition even from a poor soul he raised like his own. I remember a man that was made hard by a harder life. It broke our relationship in the end. I felt tears roll down my face as I realized how much I wished he had been just a little bit more like the fictional version I was hearing about now. After the service, I stood outside again, a lit cigarette between my fingers. You better have one left for me. I'm not sure I should, 
wouldn't exactly do the old man's memory proud. He was pissed every time he caught us smoking. Well, I won't tell if you won't. I grinned ruefully. That is not funny. She took a cigarette and sat down on the low wall by the church next to me, shoulders touching. It is a bit funny. Do you know how long we've been doing this, spiraling towards this? Three months in and out of hospitals. She leaned her head on my shoulder, and I wrapped my arm around her. We just sat like that, alone in the dark, in silence, the snow drifting down around us, the flakes slowly turning our black jackets white. I didn't want to move. I didn't want to break that moment. I wanted it to go on forever. Our future was going to be just as complicated as the past that drove us apart. But for that moment, I could pretend that love was as simple as the comfort of peaceful companionship. God, I love smoking, said Sid. That is the end of my story. Interesting. So crime family. Yeah, it's sort of, it's supposed to be vague. Yeah. Like the <laughs> But no, I, I see I like that you of all people did that because I, I think you have like a good hold on doing a story like that. Well, because what I didn't want it to be, like I didn't want to give it a fantastical yeah. element. Like because <laughs> like this could have just as easily been like any business yeah. where like you know, like a family owned business where they adopted a guy. Mm. He had a meaningful relationship with someone and then tried to become a part of that and wasn't allowed to by a mean old dude, you know, yeah. but it was supposed to be like unclear what that what was, do, but yeah, the, yeah. yeah, but the feeling that I was going for was this idea of being like on the outside of something that you feel like a social pressure to do, you yeah. know, where you're not, where you don't feel yourself being welcome, you know? Yeah. It, I mean, I liked it a lot. I don't hate it. I just think, yeah, I mean, it like, reminded me of, like, those old crime movies. I enjoyed that. Well, and it's like, I wanted there to be more and also less is the issue, you know? Because, like... there's Charmin Ultra, jeez. Huh? Uh, I was just making a Charmin Ultra less is more joke. I'm done. Oh, yeah. Like, it felt like maybe, like, more scenes could have happened, but the point was, like, this idea of going, like, what what would it feel like for someone who you're estranged from to pass and, like have to kind of deal with like you're you're not going to make it okay with them but you still care about those people that were around and you know all that stuff but yeah it was it was supposed to kind of have that flavor of like tony soprano dying and then going like he was a terrible person yeah it's like it's a lot right he cared about you know he's a crap but also i have actually since we talked about the sopranos last i have watched some of the sopranos it's really good it is is really good yeah um, definitely didn't just like watch it like episode here and there as my friends were watching through it and like only catch like half the story and then watch the season finale series finale yeah i didn't absolutely didn't do that <laughs> that would have been a weird way to watch <laughs> that's it that's a that's a wild way to watch that the stuff i saw was great <laughs> it was amazing i now know why There's everybody so... loves that show <laughs> i will say and this is bad and understand i am this is a joke I hate his mother so much. She is an awful, horrible woman. <laughs> like it's she's it's like Joffrey or Draco Malfoy. Yes, where it's like I, I they she do died, such a oh yeah that's, yeah that's why that's why you're like yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like being but like it's like one of those things like if I saw her on the street I'd just be like you oh I despise. Ooh. <laughs> Like, and I'm sure she was probably a perfectly lovely lady, but man, she sold that part so vilely. I was going to say, it's like, you, oh, that's a sign of such worst. a good actor when, like, you legitimately, like, cannot say that you oh, hate them. Yeah. Like, oh, if I saw this person in real life, ooh, I'd give him a talk like, I to. understand it's fake, but oh, yeah, you like, make I me understand sick. it's not a real story, but. <laughs> but yeah, no, that I, I, I liked it. I liked that I kind of, like, because. When you started off, like, I knew exactly, like, this is, like, very Sopranos-y, like, old crime, like, mob, like, yeah. story. And I'm like, I, I like that. I like that angle of it. It was nice. And yeah, because be it's supposed to be that he has, like, like a competing yeah. business of some sort. Whatever that is. Yeah, you know, whatever like it may be. Yeah, own. yeah. He, he left, and they're, like, kind of busy about it, so. Yeah, yeah. No, it was good. I enjoyed it. Because it is, like, that's a thing. Like, this type of guy would not suffer competition, like he would hate you for this forever now. And it's like, ah, it's heartbreaking in its own way. But yeah, yeah. anyways. Oh, it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, So we already picked it last time, but the next story will be a thief and a cop. Yes, which I might be able to record next week. It okay, well, is very 
questionable. <laughs> My schedule next week is a hot mess. Yeah, let me know. And um, hopefully, once you know your schedules, maybe we'll do a um, live show for November. <laughs> you know, this is our fifth year and nice. it's been our rockiest year. <laughs> but Boy, you're not kidding with me. Yeah, whatever your in the next five years when your project ends, maybe we'll be able to record more regularly. <laughs> I just keep getting more projects. The projects don't, they just keep yeah. coming and they don't stop coming. Okay, there's uh, Smash Mouth. So the rules, and I hit the ground running. So much to Didn't do, so much to see. You never know if you don't go. You never shine if you don't glow. You have to do the <laughs> after that. Hey, line. now, you're an all star. Get your game on. Go play. Um, anyway, we need to stop. <laughs> we, we need to but only shooting stars only they break the mold anyways guys cody now hang on we got to talk about one no i just really want to transition straight to the end but what it was a long time before i realized they said shooting stars break the mold yeah what do you think they said mo (laughs) what does that even mean like the guy Mo, wait, a, a dude named Mo. <laughs> what is that? Wait, hey, hold on, Cody. Before we end the show, explain to me what that meant to you. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I didn't get it. Yeah, yeah. It's this is the Elgatha thing all over again. I would have loved, loved to just end the show like like go straight into plugs after doing this a Smash Mouth thing, but. Your revelation there was so great. <laughs> yeah, did it, I've told you about the Elgatha thing, right? No, what? Yeah, you know the song. I think it's um, the middle by Jimmy Eat World. It just, just takes. takes oh some time, yeah, Elgatha. Love the line. Everything. I thought it was Elgatha. Elgatha will be all right. Elgatha. I had a friend who be, thought it was yeah. Elephant. 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 Yeah. Elephant will everything be just fine. Elephant. Elephant. Yeah. No, I I don't blame you on that one because I've heard like multiple people say that differently. But come on, Cody, you gotta be better than that. I know that's a rough one. <laughs> Elgatha, Elgatha. <laughs> Anyways, Cody. I it was about a, I thought it was a song about a girl named Elgatha. <laughs> how many, good wait, name, how many girls do you know named Elgatha, please? None. Zero. <laughs> well, except the one. So you got to break Mo and Elgatha is your best friend. Anyways, Cody, what are some plugs? Yeah. You can check me out at the Wandering Gamer Network where we are playing a game called Wanderlust about taking a walk in the woods and a game called Corsairs of Castile about uh, a besieged city during like uh, Three Musketeers time. Also, you can check me out streaming at the Wandering underscore Gamers where we are currently playing Riven and where this week we were rescued by chat because apparently there's a community of people, like 10 people that watch Riven religiously and they found our stream and they're like, oh my gosh, you guys are playing Riven and they all helped us and they were very nice. That is amazing. I, I do like like Twitch community stories like that. That's very nice. It was very funny, yeah, yeah that it was just like randomly. Oh, yeah, we love this game and we will always like, follow this. <laughs> yeah, it's like P2 Trumpet shows up and he saved our lives from we were we were we were we were on an edge. We were losing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well good. Um anyways. You can check me out at my Twitch stream, something I guess zero zero at twitch.tv, where every Wednesday with my buddy Will, we talk about anime. Um, and sometimes on Sundays, we will be streaming games, playing through Persona 4 Golden. Um, then you can check out my other podcast, the Psy Characters Podcast, where I lost an episode, so eventually we need to re-record that. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's all. So Everybody just take your time. Elgatha, everything will be all right. So (laughs) we'll catch you guys at the next Demon Feast and on the flip side. Bye. It's Demon Feast. Bye.